Welcome back to Deadline DC with Brad Bannon. In this half hour, as, our, as is our custom, we'll do our famous, maybe it isn't so famous yet, but it will be someday, uh, provocative progressive political panel. Today on the panel, we have Kimberly Scott, the publisher of Demlist, uh, who, and uh, we have our usual uh, political activist, Mark J. Grimaldi. Uh, But first, my thoughts on the coronavirus crisis. History will record that Donald Trump was asleep at the switch while a deadly virus derailed the United States. We can only hope the next president gets the nation back on the right track. At a campaign rally in South Carolina on February 28th, the president claimed Democrats had politicized the coronavirus outbreak, and it was their, and these are the president's words, their new hoax. Before that, on January 22nd, and remember, this is almost two months ago, the president said, we have it totally under control. It's one person coming from China. It's going to be just fine. And remember, that was two months ago, folks. Since then, thousands of Americans have been infected. Some have died. The economy is on the verge of collapse. And the worst is yet to come. After dismissing COVID-19 as a hoax, Trump finally declared a state of emergency on Friday, March 13th. The president of the United States should be an international and national leader, but Trump's tardy declaration followed aggressive action by prime ministers and American governors who were much more proactive. By the time Trump finally got around to declaring a national emergency, Disney had already closed the company's theme parks, several governors had declared state of emergencies, and every major professional and amateur sport had suspended or ended its season. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell took his cue from the president and failed to act. The uh, Senate, uh, by the way, today is debating a coronavirus uh, emergency act. Uh, emergency uh, financial aid, and the uh, Senate has failed to agree on a package because the Republicans consider, uh, want to put in a a half trillion dollar slush fund for the president to use at his destruction. And God knows what he would actually uh, do with the money. It's scary, which is uh, why the uh, House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, has decided to move ahead and have the House uh, prepare their own emergency aid package that would be targeted towards helping helping workers, uh, helping the people who've been laid off by this crisis. And uh, hopefully uh, the House will have a package uh, that is much more acceptable to the American public and American workers uh, than the Senate's uh, slush fund package uh, for the president. We will see. Uh, but anyway, Let's get to the panel. Uh, As I said, uh, joining us today is Kimberly Scott, uh, the publisher of Demlist, which is the authoritative guide to the goings-on of the Democratic uh, Democratic Party uh, public policy 
uh, and uh, political events leading up to the uh, Democratic uh, convention in Milwaukee uh, that hopefully will take place in July uh, if the president ever gets around to dealing with this crisis. Uh, also uh, on the panel, as usual, is progressive political activist Mark Grimaldi. Anyway, uh, let's start with this. Uh, let's uh, basically one of the things that uh, strikes me. I was uh, looking at the most re- president's recent poll ratings, and despite the fact that uh, the media ha- and most American, uh, many Americans have been overwhelmingly critical of the president's handling of this crisis. Uh, his job rating is still basically stuck where it always is uh, in the middle of middle 40s. Um, it hasn't gone down, which I would expect it given the criticism. Uh, it hasn't gone up and president's job ratings often historically go up uh, during the middle of crisis. But uh, Donald Trump's job rating is stuck right where it it's always been in the middle 40s. Uh, Mark, what do you make of that? Brad, you know, I'm, <laughs> I am I can't even say I'm surprised anymore just because we've seen so many times that we think that, you know, okay, this blunder by uh, President Trump is going to sink him or it's going to at least have some sort of effect on his approval ratings, whereas really, honestly, the last time I remember seeing a market drop after he did something really bad or horrifying or inept was after Charleston when he praised the white supremacists. I, I remember thinking like, okay, that was a pretty quick response in polling. Um, you know, there's also uh, the issue of how this is being covered. Um, the fact that he's getting up there and having these press conferences every day, uh, you know, it's very disappointing that I don't think that these numbers are reflective of the horrible job that he's done. I mean, we, we, we have countless examples of how he didn't listen to his own national security team about how serious this was. And when, you know, Alex or uh, Azar, Secretary Azar, uh, spoke to Trump and, you know, told him that this is a serious problem. We need to do something more about it. He asked him about bringing back the flavored vapes. So it was just, I mean, as inept as you could possibly get, yet th- that doesn't seem to be reflected anywhere in the poll numbers. Now, I do think once we have, unfortunately, as the Surgeon General said, the worst is yet to come with this epidemic uh, and how it's affecting the United States. Um, not just he's talking as far uh, about as far as the contagion, not just the effects on the economy. So that's coming from the Surgeon General. I think as more Americans see this affect their communities and how it's basically just been laid at the feet of the governors of their states to get this done without you know hardly any help from the federal government. It seems I think that that's when you would possibly see a change in Americans. Um, response to how uh, you know the president has done also because i think for people who are getting laid off or have a family member who's getting laid off and all these you know wild promises about how things are going to be fine that trump is making once they see as per usual that they're empty promises that's when you know maybe you would see more of reality kick in in these poll numbers but yeah i was extremely disappointed brad uh kim uh, what do you think? Uh, the president seems to be uh, hanging tough politically, 
do you think that uh, why Americans sticking with Donald Trump? Is he just the president, just an anchor in troubled times? Or basically, are there just uh, roughly, you know, 40 some percent of Americans who stick with Trump hell or high water, regardless of the job he's doing? And I agree entirely with Mark in that every time he does something, which is almost daily, you know, you are, there's this inclination that, okay, now they'll change. Now they'll see. Uh, and, and that, that number doesn't seem to move, but the one thing historically we know that does move people is the economy. You know, it was literally just 10 days ago that the president declared a national emergency. And that was not until after the stock market started to experience record losses in response to the coronavirus crisis. Um, and that's what finally got his attention. Not sadly now, what is the, um, you know, 340,000 people worldwide who are affected by this, the 15,000 have died worldwide. In our own country, just in this last month, I mean, our numbers are now at 40,000 affected, 455 deaths as of this morning. And by the time we finish talking, those numbers will go up. We've got 11 states that are now, uh, have now issued stay-at-home orders, including California, which means that one in three Americans are already being affected with by this, not just... Um, it's numbers, but uh, I mean, those who are actually infected, but one of three Americans now is being forced to pay attention to this because they're being asked to stay home. Uh, and so, uh, and I, um, another a friend of mine, which I've not verified this yet, but made the observation yesterday that every time Trump goes on television, the stock market goes down. It does seem that uh, way, doesn't it? So I think it's the bottom line, unfortunately, even with this crisis, it's still going to come down to the economy. And if that's in the tank, when we get to November, however people vote at that point, then I think it will make a difference. We can only hope. We can only hope. Uh, we're going to go to break now, but we get back from break. We'll have more with Deadline DC with Brad Bannon and our provocative progressive political panel with Kimberly Scott, the publisher of Demlist, and progressive political activist Mark Grimaldi. We'll be back after these messages. We are back with more of Deadline DC with Brad Bannon. And in this half hour, we are doing, as usual, our provocative progressive political panel. Joining us on the panel today are progressive activist Mark J. Grimaldi. That's his Twitter handle, Mark J. Grimaldi. Uh, also joining us on the panel today uh, is Kimberly Scott, the publisher of Demlist. And if you want to find more about uh, more about uh, Demlist, which is the authoritative guide to everything uh, in the Democratic Party, uh, you can go to Facebook at Demlist, uh, D-E-M-L-I-S-T, or uh, the Twitter handle is The Demlist. Uh, anyway, let's uh, try this. Uh, since um, 
last Tuesday uh, when Joe Biden uh, won big victories uh, in Florida uh, and Illinois and in Arizona. Uh, he has now taken a big lead in delegates, and uh, many people consider him the presumptive Democratic nominee. Um, God knows what's going to happen because they've postponed uh, most of the primaries that are coming up. Uh, but at least for the time, many people consider Joe Biden a presumptive Democratic nominee. Uh, we haven't uh, heard very much uh, from Joe Biden uh, in the last week since he had his another big uh, primary night. Uh, and it must be a difficult situation for Biden because he's the presumptive nominee. Uh, but the presidential race has been frozen in time by the uh, crisis over the virus. Uh, I believe today, although I didn't see it uh Joe Biden did a, a live uh, video feed on social media to talk about the crisis. Uh, so uh, the question I have, panel, and let's start with you, Mark. Um, if you were Joe Biden, um, how would you uh, treat this, uh, in, uh, you know, inter, you know, in intermission in the presidential race? Um, I, I think he's doing the right thing by giving briefings about how he sees the issue and how he would attack the problem if uh, he became president, because that's what people want to know. They, they want to see a contrast. They want to see how would a grown up handle it. And I think so far, you know, he's done a good job of that. One thing I will say is it's hard to compete with Trump who basically, you know, has turned these briefings into his MAGA rallies where he just says whatever he wants. He lies so fast that so much of the media has trouble keeping up with fact checking him. And he just rolls over people who have any sort of legitimate questions and not enough of the media backs each other up when things like that happen where the next reporter should just press him, you know, press Trump on things where he says like, well, I didn't cut the pandemic team. Someone's he'd say, actually, we have video of you talking about how you could get them back real quick if you needed them. So um, I think that's a, a chief concern, because as we saw during the election, we I kept thinking, you know, Trump was getting all this free airtime and we kept thinking like, oh, man, he's just making a complete ass of himself. There's no way this helps him. But enough people listened to the BS and didn't you know, worry, see the fact checking in real time. So I think a vice president Biden needs to be out there just as much talking about this and, you know, in people's living rooms as, as much as he can. Um, because there, I will tell you another thing, there's more eyes on this too. I think because there's no sports right now, a lot of people are stuck home like Kim talked about. So I think, and people want to know from their representatives, what are you going to do? And I also think that this $500 um, billion dollar, corporate bailout that was just proposed by the Republicans, the more you hear about things like Steve Mnuchin being able to dispense the money however he wants, and no one's going to know where it goes for six months. I mean, are you telling me any reasonable percentage of Americans would be okay with that part? So I think he needs to be shouting that from the rooftops because it's a horrible proposal, and there's plenty of good things that the Democrats are proposing that will help the working people of America, which those type of proposals 
pull much higher because they help those people directly. So I think he needs to be hammering those things as forcefully as possible. And I also think he needs to harness some of the anger that the American people are feeling like he's done before when he's talked about those stories growing up in Scranton where, you know, his I, I remember this line he talked about. I think it was in the debate with Sarah Palin, actually, the vice presidential debate where he talked about how his dad, you know, was leaving for work and he didn't know when he was going to see him again. And it's just I remember it was this real raw moment that you felt, you know, how middle class his upbringing was. And I think those are the type of moments he needs to share with the American people right now because they want someone who is going to help them. And they also want someone who understands the suffering that they're going through. Whereas when Trump was asked what he would say to Americans who are scared right now, he attacked the reporter instead of answering the question. Okay, Uh, Kim, uh, I see a lot of criticism of Joe Biden on the Internet uh, for keeping a low profile, we even got the now popular meme, which shows uh, where is Joe Biden on a, uh, a milk bottle? Uh, is is Joe Biden keeping too low of a profile? Does he need to be more aggressive uh, uh, talking about this thing and uh, talking about the president's handling of the crisis? I I believe he does. Um, Biden needs to run as the presumptive nominee and show the leadership that comes with that. Um, That being said, you know, the last two weeks in presidential history has been historic. There is a, this anticipation of waiting for Sanders to drop out. uh, And there may be some bit of deference to that, but I don't think that we can wait for that. It's clear that, Sanders is still making up his mind when that's going to happen. It may be because he wants to have a voice and he's afraid of losing that as soon as he officially suspends his campaign. I mean, he's been very passionate about this and including some expletives issued last week about the priority being the coronavirus crisis. Uh, But Biden can't wait for anyone else. You know, he needs to be strong. He needs to be forceful he needs to show all the the aspects of him that, that Mark was talking about that make him endearing to people, make him, people say, Uncle Joe. I mean, after he won the primaries last week, which seemed at that point a turning point in, in uh, an insurmountable lead uh, that Biden had, or now still has over Sanders, um, you know, he was very eloquent. He was... Um, he projected that kind of leadership. You know, he talked not about the primaries, uh, but about the crisis that Americans were going through together. And, you know, how it's times like this that we need to set aside politics and work together as Americans. You know, he very eloquently said the coronavirus does not care if you were Democrat or Republican. It will not discriminate based on national origin, your race or zip code. People touch Uh, people in positions of power across the way, and I agree with that. Well, in a minute, Kim, because we don't have much time left, what do you think Bernie Sanders is thinking now? Um, I'm going to stay in these, it seems to me, the possibilities. One is uh, I got to stick in this thing, uh, stay in this race, because you never know what's going to happen to the front runner. 
B, uh, he has decided to get out of the race. He just hasn't told anyone yet. He suspended fundraising. Uh, he is uh, not advertising on social media, which has been a staple. What do you think Bernie Sanders is, is thinking right now? And what's he going to do? Well, it's, he, he halted all those things the day after the primary, but just like a lot of things about what we're going through now, there seems to be the suspension in time. I think, again, he may want to have one last hurrah at using his voice. Yeah, I think you're right, Kim. For what he believes. Sorry, but we're out of time. Uh, this has been Deadline DC with Brad Bannon. We'll be back next week. Uh, if the Lord is willing and the creek doesn't rise.